everybody, and once again, welcome to our leadership podcast. And uh, the, the last two podcasts, I, I touched uh, the area of money and money handling. Uh, and I said uh, that this, uh, these areas are, of course, very, very important for all spiritual leadership. This, I said this is our battlefields where we can't lose. Because first of all, of course, uh, uh, finances are important in all stages and in all branches of uh, our churches and, and the ministry of the Lord. Uh, and also these are areas of great pitfalls also for all ministers where we need to know the word of God. We need to keep balanced and strong and trust in him uh, in this area. And um, I'm not going to continue to speak about that today. But one of the things that I brought up uh, when I spoke about uh, raising funds for big projects is that uh, um, miracles that God can do, uh, they doesn't compensate or exclude uh, that we need to do our duty, we need to be paf- patient, and we need to have a plan. And um, uh, I wrote a book, this is the Russian uh, uh, edition, uh, in Russian it's called Rabota, in English it's co- just called Work. And this is a book that has to, has to do with the daily work of everybody. And uh, the ministry we do, whether we are volunteers in the church or employed in the church, is also kind of work with the principles that uh, we find in the Bible of uh, ethics and how, uh, how we should behave when we, when we serve or when we are in our workplaces or when we vol- volunteer in the, in the church. And these places are, are biblical, they are eternal, and they are very important. And... Um, I want to speak to you a little about diligence and laziness. That's something that I touched in this book also because I've seen the need also in the church and the need also for us as leaders to understand that uh, because uh, uh, we need to have faith in God, faith in the miraculous. But um, miracles, uh, like I said, are never a substitute uh, for being diligent. That I believe that God can do anything anything doesn't mean that I don't need to do anything. Or uh, God can do a miracle so I can be lazy. Uh, and even we would never speak about ourselves so openly that this is how we think that attitude can really you know, enter into any one of us, into our leadership style. And uh, we kind of hide behind the truth. Well, well, God will take care of this. Uh, uh, I believe, I trust, trust in the Lord. And at the same time, I don't do my duty. And uh, I am not what the Bible called diligent. Because diligence is from the Lord. Uh, and uh, that, what I mean with that is basically that uh, the diligent person, he always does the best he can. And um, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 4, we find uh, one of the several places in the book of Proverbs that uh, speaks about laziness and diligence. The soul of the lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. And we see the contrast here between these two expressions, the, the lazy man and the diligent man. And the Bible said the lazy man, uh, he will not get anything, it will not work out for him, but the diligent will be made rich. And this is true, whether we believe in the miraculous, uh, or we of course believe in the miraculous, but, uh, but this is true anyhow. And uh, this is true for every pastor, this is true for every home group leader, this is true for every youth leader. Uh, diligence will add fruit, results, and blessings to what you do, and God wants you to be a diligent person. God wants you to be a person that is willing to work and, and work hard when it's needed, that is willing to do your best in every kind of situation, to do what is required of you. Then you can also believe that God can do the supernatural, that God can do miracles in any kind of situation. 
The thing about laziness is that nobody, nobody will admit that he's lazy. Nobody except one. I had a friend in Norway. He admitted that he was lazy. He said, Matsula, I am lazy. I don't want to work. And it's kind of tragical to, to hear someone speak about himself that way. I've never met anyone else, but what he said like that. Uh, so, so, uh, uh, but, so the lazy man, he doesn't think about himself as lazy. And that's the trouble. Because maybe we are lazy. Maybe I'm lazy. Maybe you're lazy. But we try to cover it up with all kinds of excuses. And that's why the, we need the Word of God sometimes to penetrate us. Uh, we need the Word of God as a mirror to look at it. Okay, uh, what is really the truth about me? Because even though I'm maybe not totally lazy, sometimes I can develop attitudes that are not pleasant to the Lord and that hinders also the fruitfulness and the, the results that God wants to do through my life and through the mirror ministry that he has, has given to me. And um, when I now speak about diligence, I just want to say this first. I'm going to speak about that, that uh, we need to, to, to do the best we can. Uh, that I don't, when I, I don't say that, uh, that rest is not important. There has been written some really good books uh, during the last decade about rest and about Sabbath. Read every one of them. Get all the rest you, you need. Amen. I don't want to add to more stress or, or for you to be overworked in any way. But... I really believe that when I work, I need to work with a diligent attitude. And I, I believe that doing the very best I can is one of the major keys also for success in my calling. Okay, what we're going to do now today is that we're going to look at um, the Apostle Paul, uh, who is a wonderful example in this area. And he speaks about his life uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Uh, and he says like this, well, a lot of things happened, a lot of fruit, started a lot of churches, miracles, uh, you know, thousands of people getting saved. And he says in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And Paul he spe he speaks about the grace of God. And he, and he says here that, uh, well, whatever happened, it was God's grace uh, in me, but you also say that I labored more than they all. And you might add, yeah, but it was the grace of God that made him labor all. Yes, but he still says, I worked harder than the rest of them. And that's why we have these results. That's why we have these churches. That's why we have seen so many people come to the Lord. I wasn't only believing in God, I was also a hard worker on the fields of the Roman Empire. And that's one of the reasons why we are where we are. And then he adds, of course, also that, but this was God. He gave me the grace to be like this, but it still also was his choice and it was his discipline that made that happen. And, um, and this is a good, good lesson for us. And um, in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, we find some very, very, what I would say, significant verses teaching uh, from Paul about, about what it is to serve the Lord. And um, I just want to read some verses to you. And you've heard these verses many times, but listen to them once again, okay? Let's read them together. 1 Corinthians 9 from verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, 
not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Wow. Paul uses words here like discipline. And to some of us, this maybe sounds very familiar, very good and attractive. Maybe to others it feels like discipline. You know, we don't need discipline. We, we need a miracle. We need anointing. Well, the thing is you can't separate one from the other. They belong together. And that's what Paul is teaching about also in, in the old Corinthians. He teaches about the grace, the miraculous power to God, giving all the glory of God. But he doesn't hide the fact that if you want to do the will of God, if you want your home group to succeed, if you want the, the church to grow, you also need to learn what it is to be diligent, what it is to be disciplined, what it is to do your very, very best, to plan your, your work. Then also you will see God's blessing and God's grace upon what you are doing. Amen. So let's, let's look a little about what Paul is saying here. Well, he, he says there that, but I discipline my body. What is he talking about? He's talking about getting up in the morning. You know, he, he, he didn't go, need to go to a factory, so he had to be there at 8 o'clock. He was an apostle. He could get, get up whenever he wanted to get up. But he got up in the morning. He talked about reading the scriptures. He talked about preparing good for his, his meetings. Yeah, he, uh, he thought about uh, moving on to the next project, to the next the city, when he felt God wanted uh, him to do that and not, not staying behind. He's talking about personal, personal di discipline. And, um, and let, let me tell you something. That... Uh, no faith, no charismatic gift can compensate, compensate for lack of discipline in your life. If you can't get up in the morning, if you can't find the time to read the scriptures, to prepare for the home group me meeting, if you always are full of excuses, uh, that, oh, I, I don't have time for this, I can't have time, time to prepare, you know, you will survive. I believe you will come to heaven but um, you will never experience the blessing and the growth you could have experienced if you added discipline to your life. For, for me, as, a, as it is for some of us, uh, I believe most of you who listen to this uh, podcast, you are not employed in the church, you are volunteer leaders. Uh, but especially for us who are employed in, in the church, like me, I can sleep as long as I want. Nobody forces me to be in the office in the morning. And I can stay up all night also playing computer games if, if I want, uh, because I don't have a fixed schedule I need to, to follow. So I have to set the frames for my life myself. Can I do that in a good way? Is a pastor with a free schedule, is he more lazy than the person who has to go to the factory every morning at 8 o'clock? Do I use this freedom I have as a, as a cloak for, for, uh, for my laziness and, and a lack of discipline? Well, Paul, Paul says like this, he said, I, I don't have a fixed uh, schedule, but I work more than anyone else. I know how to discipline myself. And this is also what we need, us, need to do and need to be able to, to do, in, uh, to do in, in our life. And there are daily duties that uh, I have developed in my life regarding time with the Lord, regarding time with the, with the scriptures. There are weekly um, duties I have developed regarding meeting with the leaders I work with, work with uh, meeting with um, administration leaders, going through finances, things that I, I know I need to do, time of preparation before the, the meetings I have and the teaching sessions I, I, I have. There are yearly 
uh, routines that I have developed in my life. Times when I need to be alone to play, to pray, to to seek the Lord, and um, like well, I I as you see, I have I have a lot of books and. Uh, Maybe you think, oh, reading books is very easy for Matsula. Don't think like that. It, it demands discipline also uh, to be able to sit down, set aside time to read. If you want to grow, if you want to learn more about a subject, if you want to add more knowledge and understanding to the ministry you are doing. Nothing of this comes for free. And this is what, what Paul is saying. He said, I discipline my body, my time. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and uh, so that I've, I have preached to others, I may not become disqualified myself. Uh, he uses the word disqualified. And what does he mean with that? Well, he means that uh, not standing before the Lord and the Lord saying, Moses, I trusted you with a lot, but you never appreciated it. You never really cared for it in a in good way. Uh, you lived with an, with an indifferent attitude. And uh, Paul has some fear of God here. That, that, is, that is really great. He said, God, I... I don't want to be disqualified. And, uh, and that's good to think like this. God, I know I will make a count for my life. And uh, I don't want to develop a sloppy attitude. I don't want to use my freedom um, to, to, to develop bad habits in, in my life. No. Uh, I, I want to live my life in a way. I want to discipline my time and my and plan my time and my routines in a good way so that I honor you with my life and that, and that you will also honor me for the way what I did with the gifts and with the talents that you gave from to me. This is what Paul is saying and this is what we need to take to, uh, to heart also. And um, another thing that he's, uh, he's mentioning here, he speaks about the one that, um, that is running. Uh, he says that... Uh, uh, those who run a race, he said, uh, do not know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives a prize. He speaks about times when a race is going on. Uh, every athlete knows that there are times of training and then there are times of competition. And when the competition comes, when the race comes, then you really need to give it all. And uh, uh, when we speak about diligence and laziness, one part of that is to know that there are times that are more demanding than others for leaders. There are times that demand more of you. There are times when you need to be ready to give more than you do at, uh, at usual because you are a leader. There are times when you can be more kind of, I need to pull back a little now, you know, and, uh, and I can maybe slow, 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 slow down a little or you're in your daily routines, but there are also times that just demands leadership. And uh, times of crisis, uh, times of new projects, times of decision-making, times when now we are really running a race here. And if you are the leader, you can't step back now. If your home group is dissolving, now you need to step in. You need to find the time and the strength to do something about it. If the church has an internal strive, now is not the time to leave. Now the church needs its pastor and he needs to, to, to be there. Now we find, find facing this financial challenge or now we are launching this, this new thing and I'm responsible for it. And uh, I'm not always 
be as intensive as I am now, but now I need to do that. I have been in many situations like this in many, many times in my life. When I, felt, when, when I feel that uh, the responsibility I have demands something special from me and I want to be there in the moment. I don't want to miss the moments. It is this story about Elisha and King Joash that you find in 2 Kings 13th chapter. This is one of the, of the biblical stories of my life. I don't know how many times I thought about it and, and I guess most of you are familiar with it also. Elisha, uh, he is going to be with the Lord. This is his last days and the king of Israel. Um, uh, Joash, he comes to Elisha uh, to, to get the prophetic word and Elisha, it's a long story, that he tells him to shoot an arrow to the east and he said you're going to defeat the Syrians and then he puts arrows in his hands and he tells the king beat the ground and the king he beats the ground with a sloppy attitude he beats it three times and then Elisha said you should have beaten five or six times then you would have destroyed the Syrians and and now we'll only beat them three times but you will not to break the yoke over Israel it's kind of a, it's an Old Testament story of course it's a little special in the light of the New Testament but um, but we can almost feel a little pity for the king. Well he, well, he didn't know that he should have beaten more times. But I think he knew. I think it was all about his attitude. He was sloppy. It was a decisive time. He was with the prophet. Elisha is going to be with the Lord. Wow, this is the moment. This is my last meeting with, with, with the prophet. And he wants me to do something. He's challenging me. He's calling me to defeat the Syrians. And the ki king is kind of beating three times with his arrows on the ground when the prophet said, beat the ground. You should have taken the arrows and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and showed, you know, I am in this. I'm the king of Israel. I take my responsibility. And he would have broken the yoke of the Syrians. And I felt I've been in, in moments like this also. Regarding, for example, our building projects that I'm speaking about before in my podcast, I know this is my time. I know I'm carrying a burden now. And, uh, but I need to do that. I need to give my best. Uh, when we have been launching new projects and I know it's now it is said my leadership is needed here or when becoming something difficult situation in the church and I know I can't delegate this. No, this is on my, my shoulders. I have to be there. And you can feel that also. Not all times are like that. Praise God. Uh, praise the Lord. But when you know that now a race is going on, to be able to set aside all things and, and to give your whole attention, to give your heart to what you feel, this is the moment. Now I need to be there. Now I need to show responsibility. That's good leadership. That's diligence in a good way. And uh, okay, one more thing here from, from what Paul is saying about, uh, about the diligence. He also speaks about uh, some sacrifices that has, has, to, has to be made. He speaks about and everyone who competes for the price is temperate uh, in all things. And um, uh, close to the, to the former point, there are some sacrifices that uh, you need to make as a leader that other people don't need to, to make. And sometimes we can feel that is a little unfair. When, um, when, we, when we stand in leadership, and maybe you can feel like this, that, uh, that uh, well, why does the Lord challenge me to give so much? <laughs> why don't everyone else have to fast now? Why, why do I need to have this burden or, or prayer or, or these people? They, they want need, I need to spend time with these people. And um, uh, you feel you carry a burden sometimes as a leader, and you do. There is a burden with that comes with leadership that other people don't have to, have to carry. There are more things demanded of, 
us than of other other people. And the more leadership you have, the more will be demanded of you. That that's what the what the Bible say. And the thing is that when that happens. You can't complain, even though you want to. Don't do that. Carry the burden with joy. That's what diligence is. Diligence is doing your best, but it's more than that. It's also doing your best without complaining. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 1.24, he said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Wow. What is that? Well, uh, he was sitting in prison when he wrote to the, uh, to the Colossians. He was sitting in prison because he was starting church, pre preaching the gospel. And he, he knew that I'm suffering for the church in Colossae more than they suffer themselves. And he could have said, poor me. You've caused me so much. No, he said, I rejoice in my suffering. Wow, that I can, that I can do this for you. Uh, this burden is upon me. And now... I have these demands upon me. I, I need to do these things or, or, or carry this responsibility. But it is a privilege. God called me to do this. And I want to do this with joy. We, we all complain. I do that also. I know I do that. I know I shouldn't. But we should try to watch our words. That we don't walk around and say, oh, poor me. You know, oh, you know, I have to do this. And it's not easy to be me. Because one thing is that we lose blessing. Another thing is that we create an atmosphere around us that is not good. True diligence. I take my responsibility and I take it with joy. I know it costs something. I know some days are long. I know some sacrifices, they are difficult to do. But I do it for the Lord. I do it for Jesus. I do it for his church. And if people around you see that, you know, they will support you. They will want to be with you. They will want to serve the Lord together with you. They would like to be like you. And they will be confident in your leadership. Sacrifice is a part of it. To be temperate in all things, that, as Paul says. But we do it to win a crown that is imperishable. Amen. And then I just want to end, end with this by saying that to, to, um, uh, to plan your time is the skill that you cannot avoid. Uh, Paul, he, he ends this, um, these verses by, by in verse 27. He speaks about uh, disciplining his body uh, and, um, uh, and not being uh, disqualified himself. And then he just said before that, that I run thus, not with uncertainty, and thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. And uh, he says, I don't run with this uncertainty. What does he mean? He says, I know what I'm doing. I'm planning my actions. Someone that is just jogging in the park for exercise, he runs like this. But uh, someone who runs a race, he knows where he's going. He knows the starting point and he knows the track and he is running towards the goal. Paul said, that's how I live my life. And uh, to be able to plan a working week, to be able to plan a season ahead of you is the skill that, that you, you, you must not avoid to do that. Because when we speak about diligence and laziness, it is always more easily to live spontaneously with, four, with, with few appointments in your calendar, to kind of take things as they come, you know, to meet people when it suits you, 
but it will be difficult for people around you to work together with you. And it will be difficult to develop things of ministry. Planning demands discipline. Planning, planning demands something and to stick to a schedule. Okay, now I need to be there. Now I need to, to be with those, with those people. Uh, it, it is always more difficult. Uh, uh, but Paul, he said, well, I worked harder than the rest. And this is a part of it to do that. Uh, some of us are maybe not so, so organized in our, in our character, but we can be, we can get help. Uh, because if we are going to train people around us, we need to appoint time together with them. If we're going to develop a leader, if we're going to develop a ministry, we need to meet with the leaders. If we're going to have good teaching sessions, we must set aside time to prepare well for the good teaching ses sessions. If not, things will be very spontaneously. And, uh, and uh, I don't want to point the finger at anybody, but I do have met uh, charismatic leaders who are very charismatic, but not so organized. And the, tr and the truth is that uh, the growth uh, often just stops around them. There can be a lot of noise and uh, going on, and that's wonderful, but maybe not, not so much growth. Because if you want to grow, you must also have a plan. You must set schedules. You, you must get uh, things planned beforehand so that you can be ready and so you can minister to the people to whom you are, uh, to whom you are a leader. All this has to do with diligence. To be a diligent di leader, to uh, understand that laziness is a, it is a uh, threat to all of us, but it's something I can overcome by doing the things that I read to you today, by taking the word of God seriously. And then God will also lead me to the green pastures. He will make me lay down by the still waters. He will help me to keep the Sabbath holy, to get the rest and the vacations that I need, together with my family, to get the sleep that I, that I need, all the time to watch television or whatever you like to do. There's room for everything. It's all about how you plan your life. So thank you for being with us today. God bless you so much. If you want, you can put likes on this. Uh, this will help us to spread this. Or you can share this with other people. You can make comments also. We will, we will be so happy to hear from you. And you can also sign up and subscribe to this leadership podcast. God bless you so much. Hope to see you soon again.